This week's Parsha is Parsha Tzav, the second Torah portion in the book of Ayikra. And it's really a continuation of the mitzvahs of the karbonis, of the sacrifices that were brought in the Mishkan and then later in the Beis Hamikdash, in the tabernacle and later in the Holy Temple. In the beginning of the Parsha, it talks about the Mizbeach, the altar, the external altar, because there was two. There was one that was in the um, outside courtyard of the Mishkan or Beis Hamikdash, and then there was one inside in the um, in what's called the Heichel, which is the internal chamber of the Beis Hamikdash. Uh, but the vast amount of the karbonos, the sacrifices, were brought on the external altar, where all the Jewish people were able to enter um, when they brought their sacrifices, their karbonos. Um, and there the Pasuk says, Eish tamid tukat al hamizbeach leisichbe. Eish tamid, an eternal flame, should always be burning on the altar. Leisichbe, it should never be extinguished. Now, seemingly, this is somewhat of a redundancy. An eternal flame that should never be extinguished. Well, if it's never going to be extinguished, it's going to be eternal. So there, there seems to be an extra, some extra words here when it talks about the eternal flame, the Eish Tamid. And Rashi, the commentator, brings um, the explanation given. And that is that there's something uh, else being alluded to here. And that is that the Eish Tamid, the eternal flame of the menorah, should also be lit from the fire of the Mizbeach of the altar. And that's what the Pasuk is telling us. In addition to the fact that the fire of the altar of the Mizbeach should never be extinguished, there's another mitzvah, and that is that the eternal flame, the flame that always burnt on the menorah, should be lit from that fire of the Mizbeach of the altar. And that's the halacha that's learned from this Pasuk, from this verse. And as we discussed so many times, that everything that happened, especially in the Beis HaMikdash, in the Holy Temple, has significance on a deeper level for us in our life and in our avod and our service of Hashem as well. So what's the idea that the light of the menorah must come from the altar, from the Mizbeach? And the Rebbe gives a very beautiful explanation and says the following. I mentioned that the Mizbeach that we're talking about, the altar we're talking about, is the external altar, the one that was in the outer chamber. Um, when we talk about the altar in the outer chamber, that refers to the external parts of our service of Hashem. When I say external, I mean there is within a person, you know, when our own internal avoda connecting to Hashem. And then there's the external stuff, which represents first and foremost all the you know mundane activities that we're involved in. But also it, it involves with connecting with others and to others that are perhaps um, less holy, so to speak, or less involved in the spiritual. So one has their own internal avodah, and that's represented by the menorah. The menorah was in the, uh, uh, the internal chamber, and the menorah represents Torah study. The menorah is the, the lights of the menorah, is the or Torah. We said the Pasuk says, near mitzvah of a Torah or the light of mitzvahs and the ultimate light, the candle of mitzvahs, the ultimate light is Torah. The menorah was a, a seven, had seven branches. There were six branches facing the middle, facing the center. And as uh, it's explained, that this represents the Torah. The middle branch was is the Torah Shabbat the written Torah, and the six branches that were facing the middle is the Torah Shabbat the oral Torah, which is based on the six books of the Mishnah. Be that as it may, the menorah represents the light of Torah. One can just, uh, can can involve themselves intensely in Torah study and connect to Hashem in a very, very deep and internal way. But one might think that if they're connected to Hashem through intense Torah study, so they don't have to be connected with the mundane and with other people and with people who are not on their spiritual level. 
And here we have the message. The message is that the light of the menorah comes from the fire on the external mizbeach and the external altar of the Beis Amikdash. If one wants to have the fire of Torah, one wants to connect to Hashem in a very powerful internal deep way, it's through and it's from. It's from the fire that's lit on the outer Mizbeach. In practical words, that means it can only be through being involved with others and with mundane activities and with bringing spirituality and holiness, not just to ourselves and, in, in, and to, the, to those who seem to be much more external or disconnected. And to bring them the fire of Torah, and only through that can one light their own eternal flame, their own Torah, their own menorah, connecting themselves to Hashem internally. I want to share a story that we spoke about a lot last night, you know, yesterday is Purim, we're still very much under the influence, if you will, of Purim. And by the uh, one of the Purim Fabrengans that I was at last night, we spoke about the following story that I just heard very recently, I think this week or last week. There is a, um, a pretty famous rabbi, comes from Chicago initially, I believe his name is Rabbi Beryl Wine. Um, and he was interviewed and he talked about his father-in-law. His father-in-law was Reblazer Levine, who was the head of the uh, Vadhar Abonim, the Rabbinical Council of Detroit, for many, many years. When I was growing up, he was the head of, I, I grew up in Detroit, and Reblazer Levine was the head of the Vadhar Abonim there, again, probably for more than 40 years, definitely more than 40 years, that he was the head of the Rabbonim. This Reblazer Levine was a Talmud, was a student by the Chafetz Chaim, one of the great Torah sages of the last century, the Chafetz Chaim. And the Chafetz Chaim had a, was uh, part of the yeshiva in Radin, which I believe is in, I mean, I'm sure Russia or Poland. Um, so this, again, Rebero Wine, it was telling over something that he heard from his father-in-law, Rabbi Levine, of blessed memory, who experienced, who witnessed with the, the great Chafetz Chaim of Radin. And the, he said the following story. He said it was one year on, on Song Gedalia, which is the day after Rosh Hashanah, and the Chafetz Chaim came into the yeshiva and he said the following. He said that not from, far from here, there's a little village, a little community, and it's a community of people that are not very, very Torah observant to the extent that the only mikvah that's in the community has not been operational for a long time. Um, and that's a big problem halachically that there's no operational mikvah in the community. So the Chafetz Chaim says, he says, I, I, I'm asking, I'm suggesting, that someone from the yeshiva, one of the students, should go and spend Yom Kippur in that village. Yom Kippur is next week, it's a week after Rosh Hashanah. I wanted to spend Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is a time when people come to shul, and I want this the student to speak over there and to influence the community and inspire them in their Torah mitzvahs and inspire them that the mikvah has got to be built. And someone has to take care of it. The Chavaz Chaim finished his talk and he, and he went back to his place. He sat down. A few minutes later, a student walked over to him from the yeshiva and he said, I have a question in a Toysvus. Toysvus is one of the commentaries on the Gemara. He says, I don't understand. And the Chavaz Chaim discussed with him the Toysvus and explained it to him for some 15 minutes. They discussed the Toysvus. After he, um, he successfully explained to the student the Toysvus, he says, he says, did you hear what I asked earlier? That one of the students should go to the city over there and, and, and be there to inspire and to help the Jewish community in that city for Yom Kippur. Perhaps you'll do it, the Chafetz Chaim asked the student. The student says, Rebbe, he says, how could I do it? To leave the yeshiva and Yom Kippur, the yeshiva is a place of spirituality, a place of holiness. Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year. I should leave the yeshiva to go spend it with a, with a group of Jews that are that are so not inspired that they can't even get their act together to build the mikvah. And I should spend my Yom Kippur over there. I don't want to do it. And Rabbi Levine recounts that the Chafetz Chaim turned his face away from the student and with a very unusual type of contempt, he spat on the floor and he said, Tfui on your taste fist. 
He says, what's the value of your tasteless? If you don't have that feeling for a Jewish community, for other Jewish people that can use your help and can use your inspiration for Yom Kippur, and instead you're, all you're concerned about is that your tasteless, that you should understand the tasteless better, he says, what's the value of your tasteless? This is the idea that I, that I, again, I just heard recently last week, and which is connected so beautifully to this idea that we, we, we learned now from the Rebbe about the, the fire of the Menorah, our own eternal fire, our own eternal Torah. That fire must be taken from our involvement with another Jew and someone who seems to be more external, more, dif- more, more distant or outside. But nevertheless, only through connecting to Klal Yisrael, to another Yid, and being there for another person, even if it's a lesser type of avoid of service than we might appreciate, only through that can we um, light our eternal flame and connect properly with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and by fulfilling our mission in this world. Have a wonderful Shabbos.